and welcome to this, the latest episode of Book Time with Elvis with me, Mark, and the latest instalment of Short Story Saturday, episode four, I believe. Uh, so today we have a very nice short story for you. Uh, it is by the French short story writer uh, Alphonse Daudet. Uh, the reason I chose him comes about because of a conversation I had last night with uh, my friend Sean D. Stanfast, uh, who also has a channel, and I'll leave his link below. We were talking about this particular book and how nice it was, so I thought, well, why not choose it as uh, the inst uh, the latest book or the latest sh the book of short stories for uh, for my short story Saturday. So let's talk a little bit about Daudet before we jump in and look at the story. So Alphonse Daudet was born in Nîmes, uh, of course in France, in 1840. He wrote both novels and short stories. He's mostly known for his uh, nostalgic tales of life in Provence and the south of France, and he wrote his first novel uh, at the age of 14. Uh, like many uh, people at that time, and uh, it seems to be a common theme, his parents unfortunately lost all their money, and this meant uh, Daudet couldn't finish school, and uh, he went to live with his uh, elder brother in Paris. Uh, of course, while he was living in Paris, he started living the La Vie Bohème, the Bohemian lifestyle, and um, he got himself a model girlfriend, uh, and of course part of that lifestyle meant living in, in poverty and uh, you know trying to just scrape enough money together to get by, uh, although he had enough money for womanizing because it was during that time that he contracted uh, venereal disease, like so many of these uh, writers. Uh, in 1862, he decided to spend the winter in Corsica, and it is from this experience that we get uh, the book that our story comes from today, and the book is the uh, Lettre de Mont Moulin, or uh, the Letters uh, from My Windmill, published in 1869. Later on, he married uh, a fellow author, a woman called uh, Julia Allard, and they had two sons and a daughter together. Uh, when the Franco-Prussian War broke out in uh, 1870, he uh, joined up to fight the Prussians, so he joined the French army. Uh, however, he found himself fleeing Paris uh, not long after because of the terror brought about by the problems with the Paris Commune. Uh, he travelled to Venice and London, and he suffered from a terrible uh, problem with his spinal cord, which was actually due to his uh, venereal disease and uh, unfortunately it was what killed him quite suddenly in 1897. Right then, so let's kick off our short story. So the book is called Letters from My Windmill and it's by Alphonse Daudet and the short story I decided we would uh, read today is actually the first one in that book called First Impressions. So here we go. I'm not sure who was the more surprised when I arrived, me or the rabbits. The door had been bolted and barred for a long time, and the walls and platform were overgrown with weeds, so, understandably, the rabbits had come to the conclusion that millers were a dying breed. They had found the place much to their liking, and felt fully entitled to make the windmill their general strategic headquarters. The night I moved in, I tell you, there were over twenty of them, sprawled around the apron, basking in the moonlight. When I opened a window, the whole encampment scampered off, their white scuts bobbing up and down until they had completely disappeared into the brush. I do hope they come back, though. Another much-surprised resident was also not best comforted by my arrival. 
It was the old, thoughtful, sinister-looking owl, a sitting tenant for some twenty years. I found him stiff and motionless on his roost of fallen plaster and tiles. He ran his large eye, he, he ran his large round eyes over me briefly, and then, probably much put out by the presence of a stranger, he hooted and painfully and carefully shook his dusty grey wings. They ponder too much, these owlish, thinking types, and never keep themselves clean. It didn't matter. Even with his blinking eyes and his sullen expression, this particular occupant would suit me better than most, and I immediately decided he was only too welcome to stay. He stayed right there, just where he'd always been, at the very top of the mill, near his own personal roof entrance. Me, I settled down below, in a little whitewashed, vaulted, and low-ceilinged room, much like a nun's re refectory. I'm writing to you from my windmill, with the door wide open to the brilliant sunshine. In front of me, a lovely, sparkling-lit pine wood plunges down to the bottom of the hill. The nearest mountains, uh, the Alpil, are far away, their grand silhouettes pressing against the sky. There was hardly a sound to be heard, a fading fife, a curlew calling amongst the lavender, and a tinkle of mules bells from somewhere along the track. The Provencal light really brings this beautiful landscape to life. Don't you wonder, right now, if I am missing your black and bustling Paris? Actually, I am very contented in my windmill. It is just the sort of warm, sweet-smelling spot I was looking for, a long, long way from newspapers, handsome cabs, and all that fog. Also, I am surrounded by so many lovely things. My head is bursting with vivid memories and wonderful impressions, after only eight days here. For instance, yesterday evening I saw the flocks of animals returning from the hills to the farm, the Ma, and I swear that I wouldn't swap this one hillside wonder for a whole week's worth of premier in Paris. Well, I'll let you be the judge. Here, in Provence, it's normal practice to send the sheep into the mountains when it's warm enough for the spring and for four or six months, sorry, for five or six months, man and beast live together with nothing but the sky for a roof and grass for a bed. When the first autumn chill is felt in the air, they are brought back down to the Ma, and they can graze comfortably on the nearby rosemary-scented hills. This annual delight, the return of the flock, was accomplished last night. The double barn doors had, left, had been left expectantly open since daybreak, and the barn had already been covered with fresh straw. There was occasional excited speculation about the flock's exact whereabouts. Now they are in Uguier, or they are in Baradou, was rumoured. Then suddenly, towards evening, we heard a rousing shout of, Here they come! And we could see the magnificent cloud of dust that heralded the approach of the flock. As it continued along its way, it seemed to gather everything into its path to join the great march home. The old rams, horns assertively pointing forward, led the way, uh, lead the way with the rest of the sheep behind. The ewes looked tired out, with their newborn lambs getting under their feet. Mules bedecked with red pom-poms were carrying day-old lambs in baskets and rocking them to sleep with a gentle motion. Then came the breathless, overworked dogs, tongues hanging out in the company of two strapping shepherds in their red serge, ground-hugging cloaks, cloaks. The whole parade filed merrily past before being swallowed up by the open barn doors, 
They shuffled inside with a noise like a tropical downpour. You should have seen the turmoil inside. The huge silken, tool-crested green and gold peacocks loudly trumpeted their welcome as they recognized the new arrivals. The early-to-bed hens scattered everywhere as they were woken up. All the pigeons, ducks, turkeys and guinea fowl were running or flying wildly about. The whole poultry yard was going absolutely mad. You'd think that every single sheep had brought back an intoxicating dose of wild mountain air in its fleece, which had made all the other animals hopping mad. In the midst of all this commotion, the flock somehow managed to settle themselves in. You couldn't imagine anything more charming than this homecoming. The old rams relaxed visibly at the sight of their home farm, while the tiny lambs born during the descent looked all around in astonished wonder. But it was the dogs that were the most touching, the gentle sheepdogs, who had busily looked after their charges until they were all safely back in the farm. The guard dog, barking from his kennel, did his best to call them over, and the well bucket, brimming over with cool water, also competed to tempt them. But nothing, nothing could distract them, at least not until the livestock was safely inside the pen, the small gate securely latched by its large bolt, and the shepherds seated at the table of their low-ceilinged room. Only then were they content to go to their dog-pound, lap up their slop, and spread the news to other animals of the adventures they had had in the mountains, that mysterious world of wolves and tall purple foxgloves brimming over with dew. Well, I, for one, have to think say that's beautifully written, and I, I really enjoyed actually reading that and reading it aloud. I thought it was wonderful language, and I think it's a fantastic introduction to the uh, other stories that are collected in this book. I mentioned that uh, um, he got the idea for writing this book while he was in Corsica, and of course he is talking there uh, about being uh, in Provence. Um, I'm assuming that uh, it meant that he was inspired uh, probably by experiences in both. Um, but uh, when I was researching it, it said he got it from, uh, from Corsica, so maybe there's a, a mix there of uh, where that comes from, but still beautiful. And if you've never read, um, if you've never read Letters from My Windmill, uh, I suggest you do. I hadn't read all the stories in this before, but I have come across a few of them, and uh, I do think uh, he is a lovely, uh, lovely uh, writer and uses really beautiful language. Of course, this is partly due, I imagine, uh, to how it's translated. I, it's probably even more beautiful. Uh, if you read it in the original French, but the translators have done a pretty good job with this. And it's a free book, as all the others are, um, for this uh, short story Saturday, and you can download it from the link below. So thank you very much for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, from Elvis and I, do take care, everybody. Bye for now. Better, better.